0: How would I describe it? I mean, it kind of looks like a mix of a of something medical and something space age. For some reason, they look really smart when there's a whole bunch of them lined up and sort of uniform and shining. It is a piece of design. I really like the fact that it's all created from flat materials that were available. I mean, it weighs virtually nothing. So... You know, it's kind of got, you know, this polypropylene. It's a really smooth plastic on one side and a slightly rougher on the other. But what it's called is either a visor or a face shield. And it's basically a clear bit of plastic that wraps around the front of your face and protects you from droplets or spray or anything like that. My name's Dermot, Dermot Jones. I'm one of the founders and directors of South London Makerspace, which is a community or social community workshop, we call it. So it's a workshop for people to make things. And we've kind of got a joke line that as long as it's legal and it's feasible to make it and you can make it safely enough, you can come and try and make it here. South London Makerspace, um, Is in a railway arch, which are nearly all Victorian-built railway arches, and there's something like ten thousand of them across the UK and Scotland. So we're in Hern Hill in South London, and we're on the kind of industrial estate that a lot of people might be vaguely aware of in the local areas. There's mechanics down here and metal workers and carpenters, and I think a lot of people are kind of scared because they kind of look like rubbish strewn areas with budlier growing out of the walls and and it wouldn't venture down them but once you do there's, there's always interesting things going on so really early on at the beginning of the pandemic I had this inkling that a makerspace could sort of play a useful part in it we were close to our members but we got a workshop full of tools and equipment and right from the start I was thinking yes this is kind of our time in a way we've got everything we need but what do people need i was aware that there was a shortage of of shields or visors particularly for medical people and i was doing a lot of reading the research is very scant and there's a lot of rumor in here saying there still is around covid but i became aware that face shields and masks were going to be key I assumed at that time that there were plenty of masks available. It turns out that there weren't. But I knew that they were very, very short of face shield. So I started experimenting around the house for what I could do. I was communicating with a lot of people online. Someone found that you could use um, ring binder covers. So A4 report covers. And I thought, okay, well, that's something I've got. So I got on Makerspace annual report, I tore off the front cover, I found some um, rigid foam packing that I had from from some 3D printing stuff that I had lying around. I cut that up, I found some elastic and I found a glue gun and I made at home just a really quick face shield and, and it really worked and I thought, okay, well, this is really interesting. This is just stuff found around the home so you can just do it and then I found enough materials to make about 10 and then someone else came up with a laser cut design and I thought, that's really quick. I just went in and started to make the first batch. And it, it did come become a little bit like um, factory work. Making PPE, making masks and visors. And you're thinking, well, this could all be for nothing. Maybe Maybe no one wants any of this. I've got a background working with other types of volunteers... I started to think of all the places that I'd been that, that care for people and might need them. And I've worked quite a lot in supported accommodation. Yeah, so you phone up some care homes and then I phoned up one. I think I'm going to tear up a bit, so I better be careful. I phoned up one in Dulwich, a Leonard Cheshire care home. And I said, look, you know, we're making these face shields um, and we're happy to donate them. Who do I need to speak to about them? And she said, well, you need to speak to the manager, but she's not here. And she said, well, I don't think she's going to say no. Oh wow! It was a shock. It was sad, because you kind of hope that they'll phone, you'll phone them up and go, "No, we're actually all right. It's just, it's just a news story." But you know, just about everywhere you spoke to, they didn't have some. They didn't have anything. These places have been sort of left. So, you know, I just basically got them all in bags and I went round the next day and handed them over, and it was just, you know, couldn't go in. It was all COVID stuff, but sort of wave to a couple of the people through the door, a couple of the people they support. I was born in a 1960s house on the, um, Sydenham Hill, a form of views of the Sydenham Hill woods, right at the top of the hill, and you could see across to London and St Paul's and the, all the buildings of London you could see. Yeah, so I'm kind of um, south-east London born and bred, and I've lived in London all my life, so I went to, went to school in Forest Hill. You know, it always used to be one of the kids in the class, that they said, oh, if you want something drawn, don't draw it. And, you know, do you want to draw, you know, draw a dinosaur? But the other thing that I used to do was break electronic things. <laughs> and mechanical things always I broke so many things so many toys and gadgets in heaps because I had no idea open it up how does this work it it wasn't until I was like quite a late teenager that I suddenly noticed that when I took things apart I was able to put them back together I think I'm probably more creative than I am an administrator and an organizer and that, and then that's kind of COVID gave me a bit of an opportunity to to get back into being creative and hands-on so in amongst a tragedy, that was a bit of a gift for me. It reminded me that, you know, I like mulling over a design problem and being pushed out of my comfort zone and trying to get people to do things I didn't even know were valuable. I got quite a lot of sparks of, of joy and creativity out of it. So there you usually be someone in there on the lathe or on the, on the chop saw or... Well, being in a railway arch, you're always living under a sort of a parabola or an ellipse under some sort of big curved ceiling. And like many, it's lined with PVC rib lining in it. It can make it feel like a spaceship. Even though it's only a few months ago, there's a little bit of nostalgia. Because this was like the beginning. Our first kind of like concrete offer to people what they couldn't get was face shields, and, and and there's a bit of pride. I'm sort of proud of the maker movement for coming together. Well, we've made over 2,000 face shields, and I think for the masks it's probably uh, two and a half to 3,000 so far, and yet we're still busy. We've given hundreds away to boxing clubs and other local community groups and food banks and whoever wants them. And that's a nice sort of bit of pride. When I go past someone, I glance in and go, oh, they're wearing some of our shields.